Hello there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the My Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Sam Noble, and wow, this is episode three. It's even more real than it was after episode two, and it is Sunday, September 6th, and in exactly five days, four days, four days, NFL football starts up again Thursday. Wow, that's insane, and exactly one week from today, we will have a full slate of NFL football what an offseason, what a summer, what a year it's been uh, waiting for the NFL to come back. And I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am. I love fantasy ball. I love football. I have been preparing all offseason for this year. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident myself when it comes to fantasy. Um, <clears throat> man, I am, I am ready. I am excited. I am so, so excited. We've got a jam-packed episode today. Uh, we're going to do... A couple of questions that I got on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to go through the wide receiver, my wide receiver rankings, my tight end rankings. And to end the episode, we're going to go through my five bold predictions for 2020. My five bold predictions. Uh, I'll just give you a little heads up. Uh, going through the wide receiver and tight end rankings is probably going to be a lot quicker, quicker than going through quarterback and running back tight ends. Just because, um, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not super confident in my ability to rank wide receivers and tight ends. Um, I've played in PPR my entire life and I'm ranking them in half PPR format. Um, and I just, I'm not super great at ranking wide receivers. I, I've never been the best at, at judging and knowing that. So take, take this with a grain of salt or you can take it as, as however you believe in what I'm saying. Um, I have done a lot of research. I put a lot of thought into it, uh, but I am going to go quicker to these because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to get through, but also as well as I just don't have the, as much confidence in my wide receiver rankings as I do my quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, tight ends, I have a lot more confidence in, uh, so I could, I'll spend more time on tight ends than w- wide receivers. But with all that being said, let's get into a couple of questions I got on Instagram and Twitter. Number one, question from Instagram from Eli Greer. He says, what do you know slash think about Eckler this year? I traded my th- third round fourth pick and my third round tenth pick and got him as one of my keepers. I had to drop Tyree Kill for it, but needed a running back going into the draft. <clears throat> Eli, I don't think it's a terrible. I don't think it was a terrible trade. I don't think it was the best trade in the world. Uh, I, I know a little bit about your league. I know this is super flex, two quarterback, um, and just because of this year, running back is is very very thin. So I don't blame you for wanting to strengthen running back. Um, also, Tyree Kill. I'm not a huge Tyree Kill fan um, I, for fantasy. That is. Um, Obviously, I don't think I would care for him as a person that much either. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, um, I'm just not a I'm not a big Tyreek Hill guy. I, as someone that has owned Tyreek Hill for the past three years, this offseason I traded away Tyreek Hill as well. I'm just not a big believer in Tyreek Hill. I, I I don't like how one week he can have 38 points and the next week he can have five. I want something more consistent than that. So Eli, I'm with you in trading away Tyreek Hill to solidify your running back depth, especially this year. Out of all years to do that. Um, as far as Eckler goes, uh, Eckler's going to have a weird year. It's really going to be dependent on the quarterback play. I think if Tyrod Taylor is back there, um, we'll may, we might see a little bit of a decrease in his, in his, um, his volume on the ground. But I also think that Tyrod has in the past Tyrod has shown some, some competency at the quarterback position at least. And I think that he's going to be willing to dump that ball off to Eckler. So I have Eckler. I have Eckler ranked um, somewhere right in the 12 to 15 range. I think he's going to be a low end RB1, a high end RB2. I think he's fine. 
I don't have high hopes for him. I, he, there's no way he repeats what he did last year for sure. Um, but I've got him still being a, a solid low end RB one, high end RB two um, to get to keep on your roster, especially with his PPR ability. Uh, going on to question number two. Well, I just hinted at a little bit about Tyree Kill, but my friend Matt Epley he asked. He said he didn't ask actually. He said Tyree Kill is a must have at wide receiver, and um, as someone that's had. Like I said, as someone that's had Tyreek Hill for the past three years, I, I think I disagree. I, I really do. I I personally, I understand that some people like having that massive explosiveness on their lineups, and that's a good strategy. That's a, that's a strategy you can employ on your team, but it's not the type of strategy I like to do. Um, I like to go with people that are going to be more consistent um, and, consist- and consistently catch tons of balls um, and maybe score a touchdown or two a week. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, he's just too boom-bust for me. Um, he he really just makes your team rely on him if because you're putting such high draft capital on him that if he does not have a good week, more than likely the other players in your team aren't going to fill in his shoes to deliver and make up for what he did not do. Um, so that's what I think about Tyree Kill. I don't think he's a must-have, but I do like him. If he falls and there's value, I'll, I'll take him, but I'm not, I'm not huge on Tyree Kill at all. Third question, the value of the Tampa Bay wide receiver core specifically Godwin and Evans from Hayden Walfarth. Hayden, uh, if you've if you've been paying attention to the beat reporters and stuff coming out of Tampa Bay this offseason, especially in training camp, it's looking like Brady is getting some really good rapport with Godwin and Evans both. Um, it's looking like Brady is increasing his throws down the field. Uh, last year, I think the stat was Jameis Winston had nine nine touchdowns that were longer, like passes, air yards longer than 20 yards or something like that. Tom Brady had seven. So he was just on Jameis Winston's tail with a much, much, much worse receiving core. So I'm a big believer in the Tampa Bay wide receiver core, especially Godwin. Uh, If we know anything about Tom Brady, we've seen guys like Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Brandon Cook succeed in that New England offense. And those guys were slot receivers. Well, Brandon Cooks wasn't, but Wes Welker and Julian Edelman were slot receivers, and they received and got their fantasy dominance from being slot receivers. Tom Brady loves that slot receiver, and Godwin, I really do think Godwin's going to be a PPR monster this year. I think that Brady's going to target him like crazy, and I think Evans is going to be a massive red zone threat, scored lots and lots of touchdowns for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. So I'm I'm a big believer in the Tampa Bay wide receiver core this year. I'm also a massive Tom Brady fan. He's what made me fall in love with football when I was a kid, so I'm maybe a little biased, but... I'm a big believer in the Tampa Bay wide receiver core. I've got Godwin on one of my keeper teams, and I would target both of them at their ADPs right now. Question number four from Wes Hevener. DJ Moore, is he going to take another step forward? Absolutely. I think DJ Moore kind of solidifies himself again. Uh, as a, I think, not again, but I think he solidifies himself as a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, he's got, he had terrible quarterback play in Kyle Allen last year on the Panthers, and the Panthers went out, and they, they got Teddy Bridgewater. And if you, if you talk crap about Teddy Bridgewater, I've done it just because it's so easy to do. But Teddy Bridgewater is a competent, if not good, quarterback in the NFL. He succeeded almost at every team he's been at. He's he's a good quarterback. He's earned a spot as a starting quarterback in this league. And I think that DJ Moore having a major, major improvement at the quarterback position, he's going to have a really, really, really good year. I see him finishing at wide receiver nine, uh, but maybe even more than that. I think that's a very conservative nine. I think he can finish higher than nine. So I think DJ Moore takes another step forward, especially in such a good offense with Matt Rule and uh, uh, Joe Brady there. Question number five, Washington's backfield, is it going to be a committee from Dylan McKee? Um, I mean, 
if we're being technical, every backfield is a committee because running backs don't get 100% of the carries. But I, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be more of a committee than people are giving it credit for. Yeah, Bryce Love has been working with the twos and the threes, but like he has to work somewhere, right? He can't. Antonio Gibson and Bryce Love can't both be working with the first team um, reps. So I think that it will be a backfield committee. I think Antonio Gibson leads it for sure. Um, but I think Bryce Love comes in and gets maybe 30% of the first and second work down, uh, first and second down work. Uh, but Antonio Gibson will stay there for the third down work for most of the time. Um, I'm a believer in Antonio Gibson. Now that Adrian Peterson is cut, I was not a believer before. But now that AP is actually cut, I'm a, I'm a believer in Antonio Gibson. So I'll say it's probably a 70-30 split between the two of them. Uh, all their other running backs, J.D. McKissick and whoever the other guy, uh, Peyton Barber. Um, no, I'm not worried about them at all. I think they're strictly replacements for Bryce Love and Antonio Gibson, if anything were to happen to either one of them, because they're essentially prototypes of each other. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a committee, but I think it's going to be a pretty heavy split in favor of Gibson, 70-30%. Um, question number six, rookie wide receivers to draft from Matthew Calamari. Matthew Calamari, how you doing, man? I miss you. Um, but rookie wide receivers, I think there's really only, really only one or two. Um, I would say Jalen Rager, but now that he's hurt, I would probably not draft him in redraft. I would pick him up off the waiver once he's healthy again. Uh, and then the obvious one is Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is a monster on the football field. He is, he's unfair. Essentially. Um, I would target Jerry Judy. I would take him probably around his ADP. And if he falls to value, I'd take him. I think he's worth picking up in a redraft um, just because that offense added a ton of weapons and they're, they're looking to come out firing. I think, I think they're looking to give the ball to Drew Locke and say, Hey, Drew Locke, prove to us that you're our quarterback, prove to us that you are who we think you are. And because of that, I think he's just going to go out guns a blazing and the Broncos are going to try their hardest to be a high-powered offense, and I think that they're going to be able to do it, especially with all those weapons. And Drew Locke's not a bad quarterback. Uh, and final question from Gentry Lambert. He said, "Sleeper, who are some sleeper wide receivers? Uh, there are a ton of them. That's the answer. Wide receiver is so, so, so deep this year. Uh, I mentioned it in one of the blog posts on the website, and I mentioned it in a previous episode, uh, specifically relating to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin finished with 276 PPR points last year. Any other year, that would average around the 7th to 10th wide receiver at the end of the year. But because wide receiver was so down last year, he finished as the second wide receiver. Uh, I think Chris Godwin improves on his play this year. That's why I've got him up at number three, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I think sleeper wide receivers are everywhere in the draft entry. I think Marvin Jones is a massive one. Marvin Jones always, always, always has been targeted by Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think another one is Deontay Johnson. There's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of noise coming from Deontay Johnson in camp, saying that he looks incredible. And Juju is not going to be the only person on the team that gets that gets the passing down and get the passing work. Um, I think that Deontay Johnson is going to have a really good year. Uh, another one is Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel has fallen very, very far down draft boards because of his injury. Um, and yeah, I would not take him where he was because he got injured. But I think if the 49ers are responsible and they take this injury seriously and they give him time to get healthy, I think he comes back and he's a serious, serious help to your fantasy team. So don't be afraid to take Debo Samuel with a super late pick on your in your draft and just kind of hold him on your bench until he's fully healthy. I think there's a real chance he comes back and he shows that he's very, very good. 
Um, and then my last sleeper wide receiver that I really, really like, really like is DJ Chark. Um, it's pretty simple. DJ Chark, I've got him fin- finishing at wide receiver 13, uh, but I can see him finishing inside the top 10. And he's going in the fourth, fifth round of redraft drafts. And that's absurd to me. The Jaguar defense is terrible. They're always going to be playing from behind. They're always going to be playing catch up. And Gardner Minshew hyper focuses on DJ Chark as his, basically his only target is what it looks like sometimes. So I've got DJ Chark finishing way higher than his ADP right now. Uh, So I'd consider that a sleeper pick just because it's way higher. I guess it's more of a value pick than a sleeper pick, but. DJ Chark. Those are my sleeper value wide receivers. That's a great question, Gentry. Uh, but that's it for the Instagram and Twitter questions. Uh, let's get right into the wide receiver rankings. My 2020 wide receiver rankings. I'm going to go through 20 people, actually. So top 20. I'm not going to get super deep into why I believe it. I'll stop on a couple players. Uh, but for the most part, in previous episodes, I've talked about almost every single one of these guys. Um, so let's just get right into it. Number one, I've got Devontae Adams. I don't think Michael Thomas finishes what he did last year. I think he regresses a good bit. And I think Devontae Adams improves a lot. I think he stays healthy for all 16 games. And he's the only he's the only target in that offense. Let's, let's be honest. He's the only target in that offense. Aaron Rodgers has always hyper-targeted. Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams finishes with more than 10 receiving touchdowns and a lot, a lot, a lot of catches and a lot of yards. Number two, I've got Michael Thomas. I don't see him finishing as well as he did last year, but I do see him finishing as the number two receiver. There's not really that much else to it. He's a PPR monster. He's a yard monster. He's a touchdown monster. He's very, very, very good at football. That's as simple as it gets. Michael Thomas is number two. Number three, I'm a big believer in this guy, Chris Godwin. I hinted at him earlier, kind of explained it earlier. Uh, I believe in the Tampa Bay offense this year. I believe in that receiving core. I believe in Tom Brady. Beat reporters and film that has come out from training camp with the Buccaneers, it has looked very, very good. And if we know anything about Tom Brady, it's that he loves his slot receiver. Chris Godwin's going to play that slot really, really well. And Mike Evans is going to be that down-the-field red zone target threat for Tom Brady. And Chris Godwin's going to finish at number three. Number four, I've got the man who just continues to finish top five every single year, it feels like, Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a guy that typically only catches around six touchdowns a year, which when you hear that number, that feels absurd that he only catches six number six touchdowns a year. And I think this is the year that he shows out and he becomes that red zone threat uh, along with Hayden Hurst in that offense. I think that Matt Ryan targets him like crazy in the red zone this year. I think he catches a lot more touchdowns than usual. And I still think he retains his uh, his yardage and his, and his targets about the same. Probably a little bit less with the um, breakout incoming of Calvin, Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst being there. But I think Julio Jones finishes at number four. Number five, uh, it's a little bit of a gross ranking for me just because I'm not a believer. I don't like having him on my team. But Tyree Kill. Um, like I was saying earlier, I don't like having Tyreek Hill on my team because he'll score five points one week, and the next week he'll score 38 or 47, whatever. I don't like that. I don't have that on my team. But I've got him at number five because at the end of the year, those breakout games are going to add up, and he's going to have a ton of fantasy points. I think he finishes at number five. Number six, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins has dropped a good bit based off of his rankings throughout the past years, but that's only because he's on a new offense. He had to learn a new offense this offseason. Um, 
And I think that he takes a little bit of a step down being a first year in a new offense. I still think he's a great, great, probably the most talented receiver in the NFL as a whole. But for fantasy, I've got him at number six just because he's in a new offense. Number seven, we got a little bit of a breakout. He probably had breakout year was considered last year. Number seven, I got Kenny Galladay. Um, if we see Matthew Stafford stay healthy for the entire year, I think Kenny Galladay has a huge, huge year. Kenny Galladay is a man. He is very, very good. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be the number one receiver for the Lions and that pass happy Matt Stafford. At number eight, I've got Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ had a terrible year last year, and then it came out that he played the entire season with an injury on a bad offense. Um, Baker Mayfield had a terrible, terrible year last year, and the, the Browns as a whole just had a bad year, and they they felt it. They were kind of the they were Vegas's favorite pick for the Super Bowl favorites last year because they added OBJ and added some weapons on defense. But I think this year the whole team is kind of a post hype sleeper type of pick for everyone on their team. And I think OBJ just kind of re-solidifies his dominance as a fantasy football player. I think he finishes inside the top 10. I think he finishes at eight. Number nine, I got DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore was a breakout stud last year. DJ Moore is a, is an incredible football player. If you've seen any of the uh, the film and any of the, the tweets coming out from DJ Moore just dominating players in training camp, it's pretty funny to watch because he makes people look like idiots on the football field. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and him have gotten some rapport from what we've seen in those videos as well. So I think DJ Moore has a really, really good season. Um, upgraded offense, upgraded quarterback play. It all fits the bill for DJ Moore. Number 10, we've got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup last year was the fantasy sweetheart at the first half of the season. He was the wide receiver one for I forget how long, but he had so many, so many targets, so many touchdowns um, in that Rams offense. And then once the Rams kind of audible and change their offense throughout the year. It, it looked a little bit different, um, but I think their offense is going to look a little bit in the middle of what it looked like at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. And I think because of that, Cooper Cup's going to have a lot of fantasy relevance in that offense, uh, being a slot receiver for Jared Goff, um, another one of those quarterbacks that loves to target a slot receiver, Jared Goff. So expect Cooper Cup to finish inside the top 10. I've got him at 10 exactly. Number 11's. Number 11, um, I actually don't like this ranking a lot. I feel like I should have him a lot more, but just the way that I was ranking, it just kind of fell fell this way. Um, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Number 11, I've got Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, I feel like I'm ranking him at his floor right now just because I'm a believer in that Tampa Bay offense. Um, but I've got Mike Evans at 11. I've kind of already explained it when I explained Chris Godwin. I think he can finish a lot better in 11, but I've got him ranked at his, at his floor because I like a lot of guys in front of him really, really well. Uh, number 12 is Amari Cooper. Um, I'm not a huge Amari Cooper fan. I, I know I'm really big on the Cowboys offense, but Amari Cooper is the only person on the Cowboys offense that I'm really just not huge on. I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan. Um, he's had some injury issues in the past. He's had some drop, drop issues in the past, actually. And... Uh, based off some film last year, it looked like Amari Cooper would have trouble separating from those top cornerbacks. I think Amari Cooper is a true slot receiver, and if Dallas plays him there in that way, he has an opportunity. He has a chance to finish inside the top ten. But it's really just how Amari Cooper. I mean, how the Cowboys game plan with Amari Cooper. If they put him in that slot, it'll be way different. But I got Amari Cooper at, at twelve. Number thirteen, I've got DJ Chark. DJ Chark. I'm a big believer. Kind of already said it earlier. Um, as a, one of the sleeper or volume or the value receivers to drafts, but DJ Chark is 
He's going to be great this year. I, I really believe it. Again, the Jaguars' defense is terrible. They're going to fall behind in every game. Gardner Minshew hyper-focuses on DJ Chark. And DJ Chark showed us last year he's a he's an NFL-level receiver. He's an elite talent at the receiver position. I think DJ Chark finishes at 13. Number 14, the man who just consistently finishes with 1,000 yards receiving and at least about six touchdowns. Um, Robert Woods, everywhere he goes, he is a he's a decent to good fantasy option. I think he is probably one of the best options you can have as a true wide receiver too. I wouldn't feel comfortable having him as my wide receiver one, but I think he is just as, as true of an option at wide receiver two that you can have on your team. I've got him at 14. Number 15, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju had a bad year last year. Um, thanks to some terrible quarterback play from Duck Hodges and whatever the other guy's name was. I don't even care to remember who it was. Uh, but Juju's going to have – I think he bounces back. I think with some more receiver weapons for Big Ben to, to focus on with Deontay Johnson and James uh, James Washington, I think that that's going to take some of the focus off of Juju, and Juju's going to be able to play that slot role that he likes the most. And I think Big Ben's going to target him a lot. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to finish at 15. 16, I'm super low on him. A lot of people have him much higher. Adam Thielen, I'm just not a believer. Uh, the, the Vikings are a run-first team. They always will be a run-first team. And I'm just not a believer. Um, Adam Thielen, he's getting, he's getting older. He's very talented, don't get me wrong. But they brought in another rookie wide receiver for a reason. I'm also not believing in Justin Jefferson at all. I'm just not very high in the Vikings offense. I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and I'm just not a believer in the Vikings offense, especially Adam Thielen. Number 17, oh, my favorite fantasy player this year. The guy I am targeting in every single draft that I'm in. And I've got him at 17 just so that I don't look crazy. I really would rank him inside my top 12 probably. But I got Michael Gallup at number 17. Man, that Cowboys offense, Michael Gallup, oh, he's going to explode. Like I said earlier about Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's a slot receiver. We've seen we've seen the tape of Amari Cooper having trouble separating from those number one tied number one cornerbacks and those number one defensive backs like Jalen Ramsey and Tre'Davious White. Those guys, he has trouble separating from them. Yet those guys are still gonna still still gonna shadow Amari Cooper in almost every single game. And we saw last year a little bit of a breakout from Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is extremely talented. And Mike McCarthy came out himself. He said, "My, I don't, I don't view Michael Gallup as a wide receiver too. He's a wide receiver one in my eyes. I think Michael Gallup's going to play that X on the Cowboys' offense. I think he's going to be a fantasy monster. I think he's going to severely, severely overperform his ADP. Uh, and I think he finishes higher than 17. But I've got him at 17 so that I don't look crazy. Number 18, another guy that has a really good potential to break out." On another high-powered offense, 18, I got Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is another kind of industry favorite amongst amongst a ton of fantasy in, uh, analysts in the industry to be a breakout guy this year. Um, I kind of believe in it. I can see both sides to it. I can see him having a really good year, but I can't see him having a top 10 year like some people are projecting just because Julio's still there. Uh, but yeah, I've got him at 18. I think he has a good season. I think he has a better season than last year. Um, number 19, I got Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is incredibly talented, incredibly, incredibly talented. Uh, I think in the near future, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but I just don't think it happens this year. That offense is terrible. Ron Rivera, uh, has never been the guy that really 
has used a wide receiver one in that way that people are expecting Terry McLaurin to be used. Uh, we have guys like like Devin Funchess in the past where he's that's been his wide receiver one. Just he doesn't really use wide receiver ones in the way that people are expecting Terry McLaurin to be used. So I got Terry McLaurin down at 19, um, but I do believe in the talent. He is incredibly talented. And number 20, my number one bus guy of the year, Allen Robinson. I, I wish I could put Allen Robinson at 35. Uh, but that would be a little crazy. Even I would admit that'd be a little crazy. I don't like Allen Robinson this year. I don't like the Bears this year. They're a mess. They're always a mess. Matt Nagy has become the laughing stock of the league. Um, they named Mitchell Trubisky their quarterback again, for crying out loud. Are you kidding me? Just start Nick Foles and then try to get a quarterback in next year's draft. Mitchell Trubisky is a failed experiment two years ago. Uh, Allen Robinson last year finished as, I, I believe, the wide receiver seven, but based off of the statistics, uh, because last year was a down year, if we take what his PPR points were and we apply it to the average among all the other years in the past, he would finish somewhere around 15, 16, 17. He's, he's extremely overrated. I'm not believing in it. And on top of all of that, Anthony Miller is a good wide receiver. Anthony Miller, I expect him to take a, a step up and get more targets, have more receptions in this offense. And I expect him to stay healthy. I am not a believer in Allen Robinson. I don't believe it at all. Mitchell Trubisky is a bad NFL quarterback. I give it two weeks until Nick Foles comes in there and takes over. Uh, and then again, I don't really believe in Nick Foles that much either. Nick Foles is a great backup, and I think that's all he'll ever be is a great backup. Um, I, I don't expect the Bears to be good, and I've got Allen Robinson down at number 20. That's it for my top 20 wide receivers for 2020. Um, I hope there's some some shockers in there. I hope you're able to take that and apply it to your drafts or apply it to whatever. Let's go ahead. Let's dive right back into the tight end rankings. Number one, he's been the number one tight end for the past four years, and it feels like an eternity. But I got him at number one again, Travis Kelsey. He's on the best offense in the league. That's It's a super simple pick. It's the second easiest pick to make when ranking fancy football people behind Christian McCaffrey. But number one, I got Travis Kelsey. Number two, I got George Kittle. Again, uh, I expect – the I expect San Francisco to take a step back offensively. I think there's a chance they miss the playoffs, but with so, so much lack at the wide receiver position, um, I just don't see, I don't see them targeting anybody, but George Kittle, Dante Pettis is not going to get targeted. I, I just see George Kittle getting so, so much um, targets in that offense. Number three, I got Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, uh, there were two other tight ends, Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst on the Ravens lineup last year. Um, but Mark Andrews, he's he's the guy. He, he was the guy that stood out, and, and the Ravens made the offseason moves. over. They made the roster moves over the offseason to kind of show that they believe in Mark Andrews and that he's the guy. So they, they traded away Hayden Hurst. I expect Mark Andrews to get – Mark Andrews to get more work than he did last year, but I don't see him overtaking Kelsey or Kittle in the top two positions. So I got him at number three. Number four, I got Zach Ertz. It's a little gross uh, just because Zach Ertz has declined in the past few years. Um, but I'm a believer for the same reason that I'm, I'm a Kittle believer. Uh, there's nobody else on that offense to get targets. Everybody else is hurt. Jalen Rager went down with an injury. Alshon Jeffrey is hurt and he's old. Yes, he got activated off the pup list, but I don't expect him to have any impact in the offense this early into the season. Um, I, I think Dallas Goddard is a good target for this offense too. 
And Carson Wentz has always targeted his tight ends. So I think Zach Ertz finishes at number four, but has a very, very good beginning of the season. So if Zach Ertz is one of the guys you want to target as a draft pick, let him have a really good first three to four weeks and then trade him away for some great value at some other positions. I would probably do that. I think that's some pretty good advice. Number five, a guy that can never stay healthy, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has shown to us he's a superior athlete, an elite level tight ends. He's fast as crap. Um, if he can stay healthy on that Giants offense, I think he I think he has a solid fantasy year. I really do. I think he has a good year. Uh, but it's all dependent on him staying healthy. So if he I think if he plays all 16 game, he finishes at number five. And he has some pretty great fantasy weeks for us. Number six, Hayden Hurst. Last year, Austin Hooper was the tight end one through the first, I think, 12 or 14 weeks. Um and an offense that was its first year in that offensive coordinator. And they traded away Austin Hooper, the Falcons did, and they brought in Hayden Hurst. And I think Hayden Hurst is a great fit for that offense. Hayden Hurst is another one of those guys that's just an athletic monster. And I see Hayden Hurst having a really good season in that Falcon offense. I see him getting fed a lot of balls along with Julio and Calvin. Number seven, my breakout tight end of the year. It's another Cowboy. I know I'm probably getting annoying with the Cowboys at this point. But I'm a big I'm a big cowboy believer when it comes to fantasy. Blake Jarwin, uh, Blake Jarwin has gotten so much hype in training camp. Dak Prescott came out the other day and said that he was just as explosive as C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. And he's a tight end. I mean, I, I'm all in on the hype train and the breakout season for Blake Jarwin. I think he has a great year. I got him finishing at seven, maybe even higher. Number eight, I got Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller finishes the tight end four last year, I believe. And Darren Waller's gonna he's gonna regress a lot. They added a ton of weapons. There's a lot of people on that offense to steal targets away from Darren Waller. He's not gonna be force fed the way that he was last year, but I think he'll still be a decent fantasy option. I got him at number eight. Number nine, I got Tyler Higby. This is something that people in the industry love to throw out, and I'm not I'm not holding on to it for a second. Tyler Higby had five games in a row towards the end of the last season where he had over a hundred yards as a tight end and apparently there's only four other guys to ever do it and the four guys were rob gronkowski antonio gates tony gonzalez and i forget who the fourth one is because it was, an, it was another hall of fame tight end and they're saying that tyler higby's the fifth guy to ever do it and because he's the fifth guy to ever do it and the other four hall of fame level tight ends tyler higby has to be a fantasy monster and it was a fluke let's let's not look at it as anything other than a fluke Two of those weeks were against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals statistically statistically had the worst offense when guarding the tight end last year, um, and that had a lot to play with it. And then the other ones, they were run-heavy weeks for the Rams, and Tyler Higby got targeted a ton out of play action. There's there's nothing else to it. It was a fluke. It's not going to happen again. I think he is the number one tight end for the Rams, but I don't see him having – Anywhere close to the season that people are projecting for him. I'm not a believer at all. I got Higby at nine. Number 10, last one on this list. Another breakout candidate. I can see him finishing higher than 10, but TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, he's a second-year tight end. Um, the buzz around him and training camp has been pretty good. He's been It's been talking about him being a pretty good target for Matthew Stafford in that offense, and he's another one of those guys. It's just a athletic freak. He's a freak in nature. Um, and last year we saw flashes. We really did see flashes. Last year, I think he had 23 fantasy points in week one. And people went out like crazy to add him on the waiver wire last year. Uh, and he just didn't end up 
performing the same way as a rookie. But then again, we look at it, rookie tight ends never pan out. And rookie tight ends almost never, ever break out. And TJ Hawkinson almost did as a rookie. So I think this year he's going to take a massive step forward. I think he finishes inside the top 10 for sure. But I've got him t- ranked at 10 just to be a little conservative in those rankings. That's it for my tight end rankings. I kept it short. I kept it simple. I hope that helps you. Um, but let's go ahead and let's get into my five bold predictions for this year. My five bold predictions. Let's start at number five. Number five. I already talked about it in my wide receiver rankings, but Allen Robinson. I ranked him at number 20 to be conservative, but my bold prediction is that he does not finish inside the top 20 wide receivers. Like I said, I wish I could rank him in the 30s, but it's just not smart to do it for the sake of correctness and and being accurate. I I really don't think he breaks the top 20 wide receivers. I think that offense is terrible. I think he's going to take a step back. I don't think he gets as many targets. The quarterback play is going to be terrible. Blah, 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 blah. All the reasons. I'm not a believer in Allen Robinson. My bold prediction, he doesn't finish inside the top 20. Number four, this is a very bold prediction. Uh, admittedly, I'm not sure how I even feel about it, but I just it's just one of those gut feelings I've got. It's just a weird gut feeling. Number four, Lamar Jackson doesn't finish inside the top seven quarterbacks. I think he finishes somewhere. Well, I don't think. This is my bold prediction. He finishes somewhere in the 8 to 10 range. Uh, I think he sees a significant step back. And his rushing stats, I think we see a, a decent step back in his passing stats. Uh, and I don't think the Ravens are nearly as good as they're going to be last as they were last year. And I think Lamar Jackson uh, finishes outside of the top seven quarterbacks. Number three, my third bowl prediction: Joe Burrow finishes the year as a top five quarterback. Joe Burrow, I'm a big believer in Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow coming out of college. I loved watching him at LSU. I'm an Arkansas Razorbacks fan. It's extremely painful, but we had to play LSU every single year. And this past year, watching Joe Burrow just absolutely dismantle us, um, it, it made me a big, big, big believer. One of my best friends, he's also a diehard LSU fan. Um, so I might be a little biased on my love of Joe Burrow, but I really believe there's a pretty solid chance that Joe Burrow breaks pretty much every single rookie quarterback record. I think he surpasses the record of 27 passing touchdowns. Uh, I think he breaks the yardage record. I think he breaks all of it. I think he's the best rookie quarterback we've seen in a long, long time. And I think he finishes the year as a top five quarterback. Number two, my bold prediction, J.K. Dobbins takes over the lead role at Baltimore much earlier than we expect. And I think he finishes as a top 15 running back. I really do. I think uh, the bold prediction is – Mark Ingram is just on his way out. Mark Ingram gets hurt or or something. Anything can happen to Mark Ingram. He's not performing as well as the Ravens want him to. It's just one little misstep. And I think as soon as that one misstep happens, J.K. Dobbins comes in and he takes over that lead role and he goes running with it. I think he's a perfect fit for that offense. And I think if he really does take over that lead role earlier than we expect, he finishes the top 15 back. So that's my bold prediction. He finishes the top 15 back. And my number one bowl prediction, I get made fun of all the time for it, but I am a believer. Michael Gallup finishes as a top 10 wide receiver. That's my bold prediction. I've talked about the Cowboys offense enough. I've talked about how much I love Michael Gallup enough. I've talked about how much I love Dak Prescott enough. But that's my bold prediction. Michael Gallup is a top 10 wide receiver. I can really, really see it happening in my in my brain when I think about it and when I 
think about their matchups for this year and the way that their offense works and that Amari Cooper is going to draw the attention of their number one cornerbacks, I think Michael Gallup is extremely, extremely talented. And I think he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver. Those are my five bold predictions for 2020. Thank you guys so much once again for tuning in to episode three of the My Fantasy Football Podcast. If you'd like to submit questions, please reach out to me at SamFFB on Twitter, or you can go to our website and go to the Contact Us section at MyFantasyFootballPodcast.com. I'm going to try to bring another episode to you guys on Tuesday, Tuesday, September 8th, I believe, Tuesday, September 8th. And I think the plan is hoping we can get it done, but Tuesday we're hoping to get the first, our first appearance of co-host Matt Alkiza on this podcast. I'm excited to bring him on. You can expect to hear it from him a ton. He's also already been writing on the website. You can go see some of his articles there at myfantasyfootballpodcast.com. Feel free to follow him on Twitter as, as well at Matt underscore Alkiza eight. Uh, he'll be willing to answer any questions you have as well. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm so excited for this football season. A week from today, and in four days, we have NFL football. It's going to be a great season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.